You are now listening to Abstract Thought, a podcast about art, how to keep creative, and how to stay inspired. Today, I'm actually sitting down having my first guest of the podcast, my good friend, Stephen Castillo. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Tremendous, dude. Um, this is kind of unprecedented. We are having a podcast in my kitchen yes. at my kitchen table. Yes. So here we are. We're doing it super DIY. Um, but yeah, I've been a super fan of your work and we connected through the Indie Mural Fest. Was it last two years ago? Two years ago, I think. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. yeah technically two years ago. Um, and you, you came out, you helped with the Mural Fest a bunch. Um, and it was super awesome to have you help. Yep. And we had a lot of great conversations, had a good time. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like we bonded, became good buds then. So, um, since then I've seen a lot of your art, a lot of your paintings, canvases, you've even painted some murals, which is a, n- a new thing that you hadn't really done before that you completely crushed when you did it. Thank you. Um, so I've got a bunch of different questions here. I was just going to run through them, but first off, since I know you, um, but some of the audience listening may not necessarily know you, you know, tell us a little about, you know, who Steven is, wh- what do you do? Okay. So I'm Steven. I was born in El Salvador central america i was raised over there for the first five years of my life when i was five i got the chance to travel here and uh, every year i basically lived half the year here half the year in el salvador so for 10 years that was my life and when i turned 15 i had to make a decision if i wanted to stay here or go back and i stayed here completed high school here and i've been here ever since Wait, so what year did you come here? Uh, when I First time? Yeah. When I was five. So, did you come to Indiana or just yes, the United States? just Indiana. 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 Here's where I've been. What brought you to weird little Indiana? Uh, my family was here, so I didn't have a choice. Dang. Well, I'm glad you came, man. I'm I glad am too. We've been able to become friends, and um, I'm curious to hear as we go through the podcast maybe how some of that stuff, you know, actually the first question sort of leads into that. You know, like what is what is your background, and you know, I guess before we get too into the nitty gritty of, okay. you know, all of your art and stuff, I feel like it's probably going to be good for people to have a visual, um, a visual look at what your stuff is. So before we dive in, where can somebody see your work as we chat about it? You know, for context. Okay, so uh, all the art that I've created is on Instagram at Stephen the Artist. No space, no nothing, just Stephen the Artist. That's where all my stuff is. Perfect. Yeah, I feel like that'll just give people some extra context. Um, First question I had, and and some of these have been aggregated through direct message. People have said, you know, hey, when you do have someone on the podcast, can you have them expand on some of this? Um, So first one was actually provided by one of my friends. Um, Do you remember some of the first art you made, whether when you were a kid or when you were older? And what was it? Like, Kind of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I actually, I don't know when it was, but I'm sure that it was before I traveled here. So before I was five, I made a, like some sort of drawing about uh, some cartoons. I remember that one of those were like the Rugrats, the characters from the Rugrats. And I remember I, I tried to add a color and I was naming them as my cousins. And that's the first time I remember drawing or making do anything. You, do you still have it? No, I don't have that. Dang, that'd be cool. That'd be cool <laughs> I to see. know. Yeah. Awesome, man. That's that's super cool. Um, 
Next question, does that have influence? Probably not, but on what you do today or? Well, not what I do today, but anytime that I wanted to draw or make something, it would always be like cartoon characters. And that's what I just drew on and off. Dang, that's awesome. Um, next question, do you have any early influences in your art, whether it be family, friends, teachers, neighbors, or? Yeah, since I can remember, uh, my dad would always be drawing something, and it would usually be cartoons, and that's where I first started seeing drawings, and he would get me supplies, paper, pencils. What type of cartoons was he drawing? Um, it was like cartoons that would be used for stores or brands and stuff like that. Just that's doodling? What, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And so you saw these as a young kid, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Let me, yeah. let me try to do something like that. Would he help you, or was he just kind of letting you do your thing? Uh, just uh, He would just let me do my thing. Word. That's awesome, man. Um, let's see. Next, what are your current inspirations for your art? Like what, what kind of inspires you, gets you, you know, the creative juices flowing? Um, I would say music. Um poetry really just books yeah what type of poetry and books well the poetry just any any anything that i find you know i just look for poems or you know anything that i find in books um i specifically love the poems by alex gray hmm. he's you know the artist I get, yes yes i get inspired by by that i get inspired by by uh Spanish rap because they use a lot of poetry in there. It's 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 considered rap, but they're just hmm. you know it's poem it's poetry, I think. Because they really emphasize in the you know, the words, the meaning and the structure and everything. So it's just it's very inspiring to to hear those. You know, it just it just creates a lot of imagery. So hmm. it inspires me. I didn't know Alex Gray did poetry. Yeah, I know. He, I know him for his paintings. He's but got books, really, multiple books. Are they Some, about his art or just his experiences? Uh, about his art, about art in general, about, um, well, in in poems that he's created, Dang. whole books. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. How would you say Spanish rap is different than like American rap in some way, or like maybe it's more figurative or something? It just feels like it's got more passion. Hmm. Like there's some Spanish rappers from Spain that it just they it it just hit a spot, you know, with the words that they use, what they talk about. It just feels like it's uh, it's really about the art, about the act of creating and coming up with, hmm. you know, just it, it, they just like create feelings and images within me that, you know, I it, I really appreciate that. Do you think it's because you come from there or or there's some sort of maybe nostalgic or familial connection to the words yeah, being said? Yeah, I feel said? like it's, it's like a nostalgia when I hear certain things in Spanish because, mm. you know, I've spent a lot of years learning English and listening to music in English that in I've recently found them just like I started painting. You know, when I started painting, I've discovered those artists and those songs and it just, it, you know, created that that feeling of like, oh, I know that language in certain words, you know, it just, it hits in a certain spot. So would you say <clears throat> like 
when you're listening to music or you hear a certain phrase that creatively, but I guess what I'm saying is like in Spanish, there's more imagery that comes to mind when you listen to music. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say so. But at the same time, you know, I read, I read Lovecraft and there's a ton of imagery that I, that comes to me when I read that, you know, I guess it's just the content. Yeah. See, I'm. I don't really know. I I've heard the word Lovecraft. Okay. I don't really. I mean, people listening, it's probably pathetic if you're a big Lovecraft fan. Um. So if you can just en- enlighten me, what exactly is it? Is it a writer? Is yeah, he's a, a writer. Yeah. Fill he me writes in because I don't really. Uh, it's like weird fiction, like uh, cosmic horror. Is okay. What it, yeah. And I think that you would like it. Is you it should. like? The movie Alien type stuff, or like, um, n- not necessarily. It's like, it's like paranormal, it, like spiritual. Yes, that that hmm. stuff. Like, because like I feel like people surreal, who are real paranormal. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, people who are into Lovecraft are like real into Lovecraft. Like, they're. I think I saw like a TV show or something that was like the love, something oh, about like a it. Show? I don't know, okay. but I don't know. If it's tied yeah. to that or just an homage to that, I'm not sure. Video games are based on his stuff. Really? Like which yeah. ones? Like Dark Souls. Okay. Yeah, the monsters, the demons, and all that stuff is based on, on that. Dang, I didn't know that. You should look into it, man. I, I have a buddy who's like a huge, uh, like isn't Bloodborne like the, yeah, yeah. it's like the sequel or prequel or something to those? Yeah. He's like mega into those. He's, t- <laughs> he's told me those are the type of games you just, like you could spend forever in them and like it's just continually you can just play and play and play and they just never really kind of end um yeah There's i'll have lot. to check some lovecraft stuff out yes. i don't i've heard the name for literally years but i was like i don't know what that is i didn't know if it was like a spacecraft or like <laughs> spacecraft <laughs> but i mean if it if his stuff is like spacey in mm. nature or whatever i mean there's yeah, some space I'll, in there for sure or i'll definitely look into some of that stuff um what is your, we, we were kind of talking about this before the podcast started, but what is your studio setup kind of like? Well, now I just got a new studio, new space. So I got my desk, my easel. I'm getting a desk for my computer and that's just on one side. And then I got this open space where is, where I do the, the pores, the acrylic pores, which needs that space. And as of right now, I'm still setting it up, but I've dedicated that like like a quarter of the space to have the easel and everything at hand. And then the rest is going to be for the messy stuff. Hmm. That's awesome. How did you get into doing like pours and stuff? Like what, what prompted that? Uh, I saw another artist on Instagram doing the pours and I asked him how he did them. And he said, just get these paint bottles, just pour them and then just move the canvas. So then I tried it and then I saw that there was, I don't know, like there was something to them. Hmm. Yeah. You had like a connection to it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, the thing that I really like about your work is that it, like, you know, the, the poor thing is a thing on Instagram that like is a very Instagram, I hate to use the word Instagrammable, but <laughs> Instagrammable. I feel like that became a, a big hype, but I feel like the thing that I really value about your work is that you've taken something that is 
now a little bit well known that there's this poor thing that's going on, but you do it in a completely different twist. And like, you know, you have these sculptural forms and the, these like figures that you, you integrate into it to where the poor isn't so much the subject matter, which right. I feel like a lot of that stuff is. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's it's a poor and here's a time lapse of the poor process. Yeah. Your stuff is like the poor is just a layer to the painting. Right. It's not the painting, which I think is super duper dope. Yeah, when I first did my when I did my first pours on a very small canvas, I looked at it. It, it looked cool, but it just felt like it needed something else because I'm like, that is it, it. Basically, just happened by itself. Pour the paint, move the canvas, it drips, but it needs something else on it. And I first started using just stencils, just out like a black outline, and then the pour was the background. So was the stencil down first and then no. you pour over it or the stencil's after the fact? The stencil is after the fact when the pour dries. So okay. using the pour as a background. Hmm. Was this a spray paint stencil or like? Just painted. Gotcha. Just with. Like brushes yeah, or something. Yeah, brushes. First drawn and then painted. Word. <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, next question. I know you'll probably like this one and I, I do know the answer. Do you listen to music while painting? If so, what and why? I do listen to music while painting. I love ambient music. Hmm. And thanks to you, now I have more artists to listen to. For example, Tim Hecker and Basinski. Yeah, William Basinski. Yeah. And when I'm listening to those, you know, I'm looking for related artists or things, uh, artists that sound just like that. And I listen to ambient most than any other type of music because it just it, it becomes part of the act of creating mm. i feel like there is it it isn't it isn't it's not competing with anything else and it puts you in these in this atmosphere of you know just a weird atmosphere yeah where it just takes you away from n normal life and you're just in a zone yeah i the the way I like to put it too is I completely second everything exactly what you said <laughs> is I I completely agree, um, I find some music is really distracting too like, you know music is almost like a tool to get you in a a certain True. headspace True. and so I mean I can listen to all different types of music, um, you know like I can listen to some metal or I can listen yeah. to, I have painted to a lot of different stuff but. I feel like the act of painting is like, it's re it's pretty introspective and you're thinking through a lot as you paint. Even if you're doing something redundant, you have a lot on your mind. And so as you paint, you're kind of filling the canvas, not just with paint, but with like, yes. what you're feeling, what Correct. you're going through. And I feel like certain ambient tracks, they like put you in that trance. Yeah. Like you really dial in with it, which yeah. is, it's kind of bizarre, but. Yeah, I can definitely see, especially like you were saying when you, you were doing your pours and stuff and you're sketching the figures out on them, you really get to understand the nuance of your, of your pieces. Yeah. Like, it, it, elaborate on that a little bit. When I, uh, what you say when I'm sketching my, the figure on the pour? Yeah. Yeah, so I use the, the, the background, the pour, to, as a guide to sketch my figures. So when I do that, I get the chance to zoom in on all the details and the little swirls and the colors and how and the, i find all kinds of shapes in there i find faces all kinds of That's objects crazy. in there yeah so it, it i love it because i i get to explore 
the poor that would otherwise just hmm. be, you know, little areas would be never seen, Dang. you know? That's crazy. Yeah. You get to, you get to know every inch of the painting pretty yeah. intimately that way. Yeah. That's crazy. How did you, how did you start doing these like sculptural figures and, you know, what, what, where does that come from? So there was a moment where I started just looking into the, into painters from the Renaissance and that whole thing, it it just, those are masters, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I just, there's something to that, that, you know, it just, the, the craftsmanship, the, just everything is just, it's just inspiring. So I wanted to do something like that, you know? But I don't really like to paint realistic or realism. You know, I, I don't want to get in there with like skin tones or none of that. And I love the pores. Mm -hmm. So then I, you know, there was a way to combine those, you know, and I, I found it. And now when I look at my paintings and I look at the sculptures, I look at all that. I get the feeling that I got from, you know, the inspiration that I got from, from those master painters. And I got my twist in them so Dang. that's how i arrived to that that's crazy i i give you a lot of props for Thank even you. attempting i don't know in my head i just like siphon that type of art off as like well those are masters i'll never be that so <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that to them i'll let them paint these like wildly realistic yeah. renderings of i mean dude even if you look at like the sculptures from like the early renaissance and whatnot just like What's the one where the guy is like holding, he's like holding the woman and like her, his hand is on her thigh and like, you can slightly see the indent of oh, like yeah. his hand. Yeah. That like, it's just unbelievable that, you know, they're not using 3d printers or right. photographs. Like right. they're literally just looking at someone who's actually holding someone and being like, Oh, let's carve that out of marble, dude. <laughs> And make it soft. <laughs> yeah, like make it look like smooth, blended like, skin. Chisel it out, but make it soft. Yeah, like that's insane, dude. That's it's pretty crazy that you yeah that you have chosen to yeah. When I when I heard the term master painter, I'm like, I want to be called that, you know. So <laughs> I want to work my way there, where I you know I can be called that, hopefully Dang. someday. Yeah, that'd be wild, um, especially with the history that comes with being a master painter. Right. You know, you've got Rembrandt's. Yeah. Then you've got Picasso doing his, like, Cubist stuff. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, the thing that I also really like about a lot of those old paintings is, um, have you seen the one where it's, like, a guy and he's uh, also, if you know these paintings, <laughs> I'm completely butchering explaining these, but... He's like, it's like a dude and he's standing in some like classical outfit and he's like a, I don't know if a conqueror is the right word or he's dressed in some, you know, you know how like old English people dress with like the crazy, like curly hair things behind okay. them and like yeah. the wild, like velvet something suit or whatever, whatever crazy stuff they wear with the white socks that go yes. up to their knees. You know, okay. he's, he's standing like that and then he's around like a just like tons of people okay let's say maybe 50 or 70 people are behind him and he's like holding he's like holding a sword or something and he's holding his hand out a little bit like his hand is stretched with his like middle finger and his thumb sort of like like he's reaching for something i think i, I think but the crazy thing when i was researching this painting in art school they were talking about 
the shadow that was casted from his hand was like on his shirt and inside of the pattern on his shirt was like it was like something significant like like the shape of whatever country that that guy is from is like abstracted into the pattern of his shirt and so the shadow of his hand is literally like cradling like the country he came from oh. or like it's like some stuff like that okay. where like okay. the artist just took these little i guess you call them like easter eggs and snuck yeah. them into the paintings okay. on a level that i was like dude this is like this is too much bro yes. i i don't really think of my work in terms of that amount of depth maybe but that stuff is crazy how they you know, you can squeeze that much detail and that much meaning into it. And that's just one example. And I wish for the life of me, I could remember what the name of that painting was, but nonetheless, um, that's another level. Another what? Another level. Oh yeah, dude. Seriously. Um, next question. Do you do art professionally full time or do you have a side gig or what does that look like? Well, I have a, a day job as a landscaping uh, uh, landscaping foreman. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, I go home and paint. That's awesome, man. Every day if I can. Even on weekends? Even on, on weekends the most because I have the day free. So, Well, you have a girlfriend too. How do you balance that? Well, we have... A mutual ma- understanding? Yeah, a mutual understanding. Yeah, we, we kind of uh, plan for the days, hmm. you know, certain days off certain days i paint you know but if i can at any time that i can i i'll paint but obviously i i make time for her for sure that's awesome man yeah with with my girlfriend courtney i we we like to siphon off basically like certain days we're like okay we've already planned ahead this is what we're planning to do this day and so like we need to do that this day and so you know, she'll hold me to my word that if I say on Saturday, <laughs> yes. I'm free, I need to make myself free on Saturday, yeah. you know? So it, it's, it's weird because when you do have a passion, you do have like something that, you know, throughout your day when you're working, it's constantly ringing in the back of your oh, head. Yeah. Of like, Oh, I had this idea. Oh, yeah. And you know, you've just got a bucket full of ideas that's overflowing and <clears throat> it becomes, at least when I was working at my, my corporate job, it became hard to balance all of that and balance your time like you it started to drain me a little bit mm. but a, a thing that i liked about also having a day job was that you have that resistance true you know what i'm saying like you like you for instance if you're cutting grass do, do you cut grass no no it's, no it's more like landscaping more mulching. like landscape design okay yeah word making uh, the front of a house pretty okay with plants and all that yeah that's kind of artsy though too. Dude, it in is, a way, it is, and they let me, they let me take some some control over the really? designs and stuff. Yeah, like give me an example. Like for example, they have they you know they've ordered all these plants, right? And then there's no bed, there's no like planting bed, there's just grass. So then there's a, we create the planting bed. So then I get to draw the line, I get to shape the bed, and arrange the plants in there see where which ones go where what pattern they'll follow hmm. you know are you sketching these out or is it like on the fly like you have the plants sitting there waiting to be planted and you're just like let's put this here yeah it's on the fly Dang. like we get to the property the same day and then the boss shows up and he's like yeah just you know <laughs> make it pretty up there and that's crazy yeah i uh i worked landscaping in high school and um, the dude who I was working for, he always made those creative decisions. So are you, why do they trust you to make those decisions? Uh, because, you know, the the boss, whenever I, 
I told him that I I had art shows to attend and all that, which he attended some art shows. Nice. Too. So he trusts me with with stuff like that. And, you know, he started to just let, let you know give me some freedom with that, hmm. and to the point where you know he sometimes doesn't even show up. Dang. So that's tight, man. That's yeah. cool that um, your creative set was like valued in that and that. Yeah. You know, it's not that you're just doing some monotonous job that the creative isn't really cared about or referenced to. Right. I don't know what I would do if, if I if I didn't have that. How you long know, have you been there? Uh, three years. Nice. Three That's years. That's awesome, man. Heck yeah. Um, next question. How long have you been active online through your art? And I know this plays like a super integral role in, in your business as yeah. art. So how do you kind of start that and how long? So I started painting four years ago and the first painting that I did, I just posted it, you know, as I did it because I would, you know, before that I would post just random things. But when I posted that, you know, I'm like, okay, I can post them here and have them just sit there, you know, as as like a, like like a gallery. Hmm. So then I just started posting the next one and the next one and the next one. And then I saw that, it, you know, it started getting likes and then I got followers because of that. So I just kept posting them and it's been four years. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I remember when I first met you, you're, you know, you're following, you seem like, I mean, you had a couple of thousand, I think off the jump when I first met you. And then, you know, the more you started painting, the more you started posting, you also incorporated kind of the Reddit thing. Yeah into your business practice too and from there i mean you're definitely on the on the up and up which is awesome yeah that's what i see um it it, it refresh our audience a little bit because some may not be aware that the kind of the reddit situation not to put you on the spot of like right. yo you're reddit famous but no it's, a, it's a wild famous. it's a wild phenomenon that i've it is i mean coming from the outside not being someone who uses reddit on the regular right. i didn't know that there was an audience to be tapped into how you've tapped into it. So yeah. ex- expand upon that a little bit. So yeah, just at one time I just posted a, a, a painting and you know, nothing happened. And then I saw other people post their paintings and getting thousands of likes. So, you know, I kind of saw that maybe if I ever get a thousand likes or so, I might get attention. I might make a sale. Hmm. So you know, three years ago or so, I started posting like that. And then one time I posted one and it got like 20,000 likes. And then I got hundreds of comments and, you know, I sold the painting, sold prints, you know, started selling like that. It's got attention. It's crazy. But, you know, it went away. <laughs> and mm. then I, but I saw what it could happen, you know. The potential. The potential. And, I kept trying to get that again. And over the years, it's happened multiple times where suddenly, like, I'm flooded with commissions or sales. It's a good and, problem to have. Yeah. And just this this last post is the one that's gotten the most, which got 53,000 upvotes that's and, great. like, a 1,000 comments. And from there, you know, I'm still trying to reply to those comments. I sold a few paintings, got a few commissions, talking about other commissions. So it's, it's it's something that happens like that. Well, you, you kind of got to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't just fall on your lap. It doesn't. You put in the work, and yeah. when the right time comes, it you know, if and, you're prepared and you've yes. done your work. And when it comes, it, 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 thou cometh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. 
one thing that we were talking before the podcast about that still perplexes me um, with Reddit and, and also, I guess, all social media, there are these unsung kind of rules, if you will. So with Instagram, it's like, you know, you can only have a certain amount of hashtags or you can yeah. only, um, you know, if your post has three paragraphs under your photograph, like it's not necessarily going to get as much engagement. Okay. Um, if you consistently post like a thousand, like let's say you post a hundred pictures on your, your, uh, like your main Instagram gallery feed Yeah. in one day, Instagram is me like, bro, we need to like slow this guy <laughs> yes, down. He's yeah. posting like nonstop. So there's unsung rules with all social media and with Reddit. Um, you were just telling me a little bit about like, yeah, there's like certain times and then like, yeah, you know, I just clicked on Reddit and clicked around just a little bit and looked at some of the subreddits of like the, I think it's like Reddit slash art or something like that. And like, I tried to post something and then it, I got a notification. Oh, like, Hey yeah? bro, your post like got deleted, got deleted by the Reddit admin yes. because you put a hashtag or something. And oh. I was like, I was like, huh? Yeah. So Expand a little bit for people who may not use Reddit. Right. Um, and how long have you been on Reddit, I guess? Uh, I think my account is like four years old, but I didn't start posting anything until three years ago. So after a year of having it. And I've learned the hard way that every sub has its own rules. For example, the art sub, you got to have a specific title. Like the title has to follow the name of the piece, who made it the year and the medium no more that's it no links no hashtags nothing else and the same with the comments you can't link your you can't have any links you you know so someone says bro this painting is is so tight yeah what's your website i have three grand on (laughs) my lap i'm i'm finna buy this thing right now yeah you can't be like oh here's my website no i gotta be like i gotta be like okay can you come over here? Talk to me over here. My <laughs> messages real quick. Let's go over here. Let's not talk about this. Let's here. have a quick chat real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll send you a message. Hold, you know, hmm. hold on. But that's allowed? I think so. I mean, I haven't gotten a, a post taken down because of directing people to my messages, hmm. which is what I've done the most. Yeah, because then it becomes a bit of a, like you said, like a game of, Yeah. all right, you post, you get a certain amount of engagement but then how do you turn yes. engagement into uh sales is is a whole different ball game yeah and the subs they got the most people on them those are the ones that got the most rules there are subs that you can post links anything you want hmm. but there's less people in that community so less people maybe see it right but it could still get attention but where the real thing is, you know, like, for example, uh, a subreddit called Pix. It's got 15 million people that are subscribed to that sub. And there's like 50,000 people online at any point, hmm. you know. So when you post on there, that is like way more more strict. Your title doesn't. Uh, can't you know have a certain amount of words you can't uh come off as desperate for likes or upvotes you gotta have a specific title like you can't be you know like i've gotten posts taken down because of the word my or mine 
or I too many times. You know, like I painted this and I. Bro, you too full of yourself, homie. <laughs> that's what they say. They're like, what? They're, yeah, yeah. What is why? Why? Why all the rules? And like, I don't know. That's the game, I guess. Is that just because of where Reddit comes from, and that's why people they value like doing things a certain way? Why does that? Why is it like that? I don't know anything about that. I just know that you know when I came into that. I mean, I knew that people complained about Reddit being like that. Hmm. But once you know the rules, you know the landscape, then you can. Yeah. Then you can tiptoe across the ice at at your whim. Yeah, just like just like I was telling you earlier that that post that got fifty, well, it went up to like fifty six thousand upvotes. It got deleted. It got taken down because it was a screenshot of my photo, which I took the screenshot so that the file will be uh, more. You know, it, it will be it will upload easier because if it was a heavier file, it wouldn't upload. It it just wouldn't let me upload it. Took a screenshot, yeah. uploaded that. It went up to fifty six thousand. Well, I mean, I got all those, you know, messages and comments, but then it got taken down, and I was like, "Hey, this is my photo. I didn't take a screenshot of anything else. It's my photo." And Wait, so, are, who are you saying that to? Uh, is the there mods. like a guy who yeah, is well, in charge, or well, the, pardon, the, the female, or whoever, whoever I think they may be, is in charge of the subreddit? There's a, f- uh, I don't know how many, but there's admins, okay, on the sub. The they're the but then there's a bot the post police yes basically <laughs> but then there's bots that just go through the post and then they take them down and if you have any questions or concerns then there's like it, it's on it's a comment that is posted you're you know I'm a bot and your post was taken down for breaking the rule number one no screenshots if you wanna if you wanna post screenshots there's a subreddit called screenshots oh my so, god dude. <laughs> <laughs> So then there's, if you have any questions about this, you can. Yo, if you want to breathe, here's the hashtag breathe subreddit. Yeah. I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's one. There's probably a breathe There's subreddit. one for breathing into Yeah, no breathing in this subreddit. You got to no. go to this one for no. that. You can't do that here. So then I sent a message to the admin and I said, this is my photo. Like I, I just took a screenshot so that I could upload it because it wouldn't let me upload a bigger file. And the reply was, but it was a screenshot. <laughs> So there you go. That's the Jeez, game, dude. Cutthroat. That's the. G- <laughs> that is crazy, man. I mean, it's just so weird coming from like on Instagram. I mean, shoot, dude, you could pretty much post like whatever you yeah. can say, kind of whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's a maybe a right frequency or something you have to tap into, but yeah, I guess each each social media thing has like an algorithm, if you will. So with Instagrams in particular, I remember back in 2012, 2013, there were no ads. No oh, yeah. algorithm. It was literally just timeline based. So, I mean, I, I kind of figured out through very minimal research. I mean, I'm no friggin' scientist or genius in data set, you know, whatever. But I basically found that, okay, if you do a post at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m., okay. like most people are getting off work at that time or they're mm. checking their phone in traffic or they just got home or they're about to head to the gym or meet up with their fr- so like after work people are like engaging <laughs> yes. you know so i was like i would just post something around then and like it would just kind of take off it was okay. like it, it caught it you know I, I don't know how involved algorithms and whatnot were at that point but it seemed a little bit more pure in that way um mm. and i feel like anymore with algorithms and whatnot it makes it a little bit tricky to the kind of reach through yeah and break the uh 
break into the ceiling and, and have it be shown to the world. You know, it's like, and in a way, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, I know it's, it's had an effect on what I create where you then get pulled into like, all right, when I make a painting, do I just want the canvas to be a square? Because like Instagram has typically oh. been a square format mm-hmm. or like, you know, does the algorithm or does the medium tend to, you know, like, let's say if you're posting on Reddit, does that have an effect on what the, the, the end goal is? Or do you craft your creative with that end goal in mind? Uh, not really. You know, I feel like because of the posts that I see that go viral, I'm like, people are just doing what they want, you know, and people might be doing what they want and it's, it's like low quality, but for some reason still blows up. So I'm like, I'm just going to do what I, what I want to do, you know? And then if they like it, then it's going to blow up and it's going to blow up for the reason that I just painted what I like. Same for Instagram, you know, I don't, I just do whatever canvas shape, you know, I like, like now I'm experimenting with like longer, longer canvases that I, it looks, it looks odd on the feed, but you know, I'll still. Have you seen like a dip in engagement because of that? Uh, not really. That's good. Not really. The I other... give you props for sticking to just what you like too. I mean, yeah. I think it's really easy anymore to have like, oh shoot, looks like I got to do this, you know? Yeah, I didn't even I I didn't even think about that. I mean, I did I did notice that at a certain point, then su- suddenly you had to go through another app to resize it or to like add a add 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 something so that it could you know fit the instagram Mm. format but i mean i just do that you know if it i just put another image on top or or whatever underneath it so that it's like the format so you can see the whole painting but i i I, I didn't even think about that that's good i think it keeps your art more pure if you don't because yeah if you if you think about it it gives it a different aesthetic if you have the specific size of the of the canvases to be the specific size of, of the, uh, the, the feed format. But I think about also people, people seeing my art live, like in person. And I want to have different shapes, different mm. sizes too. I mean, I do triangle shape yeah. uh, wood pieces. Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome, man. I, I give you props for sticking to that and sticking to just like, Oh dude, let me do this triangle thing. Why not? Thank you. you know? Thank you. <clears throat> um, let me see. Uh, any wildlife experiences that you pull into your artwork? Wildlife experiences. Something that always comes to my mind is how I got to travel for 10 years straight. So as a five-year-old, got on a plane. So just the, like going up in the air and looking down Crazy. on the ground and seeing how everything is so huge. It Crazy. gave me this like sense of like, of awe like mm. you know it, i feel like it just like opened my mind in a way you know so then doing you, you'll remember you still remember like the first trip or something yeah yeah like i was just by the window you know i was like looking down and i you know i was by the window the whole time and then when we arrived at a, at the airport then it was nighttime. Suddenly, all the lights were on, and I, I could see the cars on the in the in the highway, and it was just mind blowing for a five year old. Yeah, and crazy. it was mind blowing for a six year old up to like a fifteen year old. You know, it's like I had that experience for ten years of just constantly traveling. 
And I feel like that did something, you know, mm. that did something to me. Yeah, I had to have. That's so crazy. That's a, you know, a wild 10 years of just going, being in the air. And also the contrast of living here and then going back and living over there. I bet it's crazy here. Yeah. It, it was always like a, you had to readjust. Hmm. And how so? I mean, like if you live six months here, you know, you live here in this place with, you know, cornfields, <laughs> well, freight trains. Well, you know, the place I lived in El Salvador, you know, we only had water sometimes when there was the water was on and it was just one temperature, whatever temperature it was. Dang. That's how you took it. You know, if you didn't like it, it, you had to boil some water and then mix it with some the, you know, water that came out. So to me. When I would come here, it would be like everything would be newer, you know, it would be like fancier, you know. Mm. Oh, you got air conditioning in here, you know, all those things would just like. You got a hot shower? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the contrast of all those things, I feel like, put me in a certain position to see things in Mm. in a way, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any huge setting change can definitely inform your work like even with me with graffiti like you know being around freight trains like yeah you see freight trains roll by it's like ah, it's just this you know okay rectangular thing but like when you're standing next to a freight train like you're just like and and some of the previous graffiti writer people throughout time like i remember this graffiti writer dondi from new york city he's like you're like a little dude in like the sea of like giants these big metal giants yeah and like just it's a weird dichotomy to what you're used to being like okay yeah. i live in this house i go to a place and then you're you know in these weird worlds that you've never really even thought you'd be in so i imagine with your experience it's probably pretty similar you're like yeah. dang dude this is not what i either expected or right. could have imagined yeah how often do you go back and and was your traveling mostly there and back yeah that was it it was just uh Every year it would be like six months here, six months over there. Really? Sometimes it would be like different because of the of school over there. You know, I would always be taking breaks from school, so sometimes I would take shorter breaks or longer breaks. But it would be around the five six months, sometimes yeah. longer, sometimes you know very short. That's crazy. Um. So going back to your sculptural forms yeah. and like these, you know, Renaissance based things. Over in El Salvador, is there a lot more emphasis on like these classical sculpture? I mean, you you hinted at like yeah, things are a little older, yes, or like more yes. classical. You know, where is? Do you think your work ties into that a little bit, or like what kind of stuffs around there? Yeah, I've come to realize that the fact that my family was Catholic, and when I grew up, I had to go to a Catholic church. And if I wanted to, so I was in this, in a, in a soccer team and every Sunday, if I wanted to play for the team, I had to go to church and Catholic church is they're intense, dude. It's, I mean, the aesthetics. Yeah. Right. So when I see all my paintings, it's just, I mean, there's obviously something from, from back then, Mm -hmm. you know, when I see them, I'm like, oh, you know, it just brings Mm -hmm. me brings back that like awe to the aesthetic of it all so yeah there was a lot of that over there i I did go to a lot of catholic churches over there with that's awesome a lot of sculptures a lot of religious figures Hmm. yeah that's super cool man i was 
I was raised Roman Catholic here in Indiana, which I imagine is a bit <laughs> is a bit different than okay. Roman Catholic or you know Catholicism in El Salvador. Yeah. But you know, there's still that that hint of like, yo, this is a big thing. You know, yeah. churches yeah. have to be like yeah. architecturally rather intense. Right. right. You know, huge pipe organ type of deals. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that I, I, I tend to really like that sort of like you know, if you think of a church as a uh, let's say a a design choice yes you know so a church is not just like ah, it's a church it just is a thing and it's like nah dude it's a church is a whole experience you know going back to this this print i have right here like yeah if, if you're looking at this print you know i wanted to create some sort of opening experience, experience if it was shipped to you so a church also provides that where you know the doors you walk through yes. no 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 these ain't just some doors <laughs> no these doors are like 17 feet tall yep. and they're made of like real heavy material yeah and when you touch that handle and pull that door you're walking into something that ain't what you've been standing right you which, know what i mean which the door has a whole scene carved into it <laughs> yeah, that too there's at least i don't know like 10 people carved into that doing something and there's a background to it and there's a meaning behind yeah. it yeah it's it goes real deep yeah. it's pretty crazy yeah like my fascination with architecture too. I, you know, when I was a kid, I never really appreciated churches and Catholicism for um, the you know just how ornate and how yeah. complex and and fully thought through so much of that stuff is. Like, there's a couple churches. I think there's the Scottish something cathedral yeah. in Indianapolis. That's like, bro, it's like you're stepping back in time looking at that thing too. And even our. Um, the the thing at the circle in downtown Indianapolis, the monument oh, circle, the monument, or whatever, yeah. dude. Like I remember seeing that as a kid and just being like, yeah, it's like some thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like the middle of downtown, whatever. But like once I started going to art school, I went downtown and looked at it and was just like, this is crazy. Yeah, like some people in the eighteen hundreds were just like, yeah, yeah, let's just erect this huge like obelisk thing that looks like it came from like ancient Europe or something yeah. and just put it smack dab in the middle of the city. Oh yeah. Also let's curve every single building around this. So all lines point to this sculpture, by the way, like that's such a crazy thing to do. And especially in a little old, like, man, welcome to Indiana, man. We, yeah. you know, we farm down here, bro. And <laughs> you just want like, some corn? yeah, you want some corn, bro. And then they're like, I think I did some research actually into the monument and they, um, I, did I tell you the story? No. Dude, this is pretty crazy. Tying it back to graffiti as well. Um, and some of this may be inaccurate. I'm not sure. But based on what I've read, um, the Monument Downtown Indy, and if you haven't seen it, just type in, uh, I think it's called Soldiers and Sailors Monument, Indianapolis, and it'll it'll pull it up on Google Images. But basically, there was a design contest oh. for what it's going to look like. So I don't know if they received funding from the government or, or where the money came from for the monument, but, you know, they put some sort of open call out there and people from all over the world sent designs in. And when I'm saying sent designs in, I'm saying like, not like, hey, here's an email with my design right. proposal. I'm talking like some dude in Germany took a pen and paper or whatever substrate he used, I don't know, and literally drew it with like charcoal. And like rolled it up and mailed it to Indianapolis. Okay. And that dude got hired. I think he is a German architect or something. Really? He got hired 
based on his sketch that he put together. And so I don't know if they like brought him out or how that exactly works, but I guess that's how that kind of came to be. And the, the, the funny story is the lady victory who's like on the top of the monument holding like fire in her hand or whatever. Um, there's a story that I read somewhere for the life of me. I can't recall where, but apparently when on a horse and buggy, they were wheeling her towards the sculpture because they were going to, I don't even know how they got it up there because, uh, like cars aren't even around. Right. So like crane. Yeah, dude, something. I don't, I mean, who knows? But anyway, they brought it downtown and, um, I guess when they brought her, the sculpture of her to the circle, the people went on a lunch break before they were going to begin hanging it up there. Right. And I guess some like little Indiana kids like took a rock and like carved their name into like her head or something or like head or something. I think it was the head (laughs) is what I read, which is pretty, pretty ballsy. But regardless, they basically left a tag of their name, like, you know, Timmy or, you know, my name is, you know, whatever little kids in the in, in the town's name would be but they, they wrote it on there and then the sculpture was put up there and like nobody really knew it or something and maybe they found it later or maybe someone saw them do that i don't know but so it's been said you know some some kids a long time ago they were trying to trying to do some graffiti i guess early on is just, it still up there or did they i don't know i feel like maybe there's a new lady victory up there oh okay. i don't know but would would be cool if they're still up there. I know. I've seen some drone videos of Lady mm-hmm. Victory up close, but I don't know. It'd be pretty crazy. I think it's probably relatively rusted and whatnot now. Yeah. I don't know if you'd even be able to read it, but it's still there though. It's crazy if some little kids were trying to trying to get up and be, you know. I'm, but it's cool because even as a little kid, you're seeing this crazy thing being built, and you're just like, this is something. Like, yeah. This is something I want to like be a part of, or something I want to be involved with, and like. Timmy was here. Yeah, Timmy was was there, son. Yeah. You know? Like, I just find that to be a pretty crazy story. Like, trying to put yourself back in time. And, and what would that be like? Um, <laughs> next question I got is, um, with your current work that you're doing, what would you say you're trying to communicate or talk about through your art? Okay, so the 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 current work... I I feel like I like I've realized that it's like I'm trying to so as a kid going into the Catholic church, you know, it was an experience like you said. And it just felt to me like a sacred space. Mm. Everything had a meaning and just the being inside it, it you got this feeling of like a sacred space, right? So when I see the sculptures, they all have this facial expression where they're like tuned in, you know, as it like if you're praying or meditating, mm. you're just like in the zone, you're flowing, you know, within you. So when I look at a sculpture, you know, I, I, I look at the face expression and I guess I want to give off the feel of something sacred but surreal and trippy at the same Mm. time and a little bit of dark in there too because 
people have is kind of dark sometimes yeah. too like the churches look pretty scary <laughs> yeah it, you see like that it, i want that to be you know have all those elements hmm. when i see it to me it just looks surreal trippy sacred you know do you think that's a bit of um i don't even know how i would put it like with the current state of you know discussions on psychedelics and whatnot being you know the sacred molecule and okay. whatnot do you do you think that your art is a communication of maybe connecting those two worlds a little that's bit? that's it that's it i believe i believe that's what it is you know having certain experiences where you you know feel certain things or you feel yourself being certain things or you come face to face with certain things hmm. you know those experiences leave impressions in you and you know a lot of those things I, I want to express, you know, just like a feeling, you know, because there are certain things that you can't put a word to, you can't describe. So it's just a feeling, you know, and, and what I feel I put on the canvases and when I look at them, I get the feeling back. So if there's people that know what I'm talking about and they look at them, they might get that feel. And, you know, that's the goal to huh. express that. That's awesome. So it's like, you've kind of narrowed down people like yourself that would resonate with it and you're speaking towards that yeah 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 that's what's up i think a huge thing with art and even design and whatnot in general is knowing who you're communicating to trying to find the best way to do that and also do it in a way that speaks to them but tells them something they don't know or have heard before right so it's like you're trying to speak a language that they'll resonate with that's it but speak it in a way that is not just stuff they've heard before. Right. That's awesome, man. Um, Where do you see your work going and what are your goals in the next couple of years? Like, where are you thinking? Um, Well, the next couple of years, uh, first thing is have this become my full-time thing. I want to dedicate my time to creating and, you know, develop the style, make bigger paintings, make them more detailed, just, you know get the become the best (laughs) at the details and and everything and you know have my art all over the world you know i want to make more murals i would want to make just the biggest murals possible you know with these images or with any other images anything that i'm trying to express at that moment so i'm trying to go all in with this that's That's the goal for the next couple years I think if you've if you've got the idea and you've you know that's what you want to go towards like every day you'll inch towards that you know yeah it, it's also good that you've had your you know your day job too that's helped be able to provide and, and help you out with giving you some creative flexibility yeah but also providing a little bit of resistance that you're like yeah I, yeah I still want to push towards this stuff yeah you know? uh, yeah I think it's always when I had my day job I always felt like you know, oh, if I could just be doing this full time, I'd be so much happier when really that, uh, that thought and being stuck in that is a really creative place to be in because you're not just creating out of like, well, yeah, I guess I'll just like do a painting today. You know, you're like, I have to do this painting or I'm going to lose my mind. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah, regardless of which place you're at, um, I, you're doing a lot, man. Like all the different paintings you've done over the years and, tackling doing a mural for the first time what last year uh 
two, or two well, years ago. Those, Te- yeah, <laughs> technically two years ago. As of three days ago. Oh, yeah, it's two days, yeah. three years ago. And then I did the second one, a, like, almost right. a year after. Yeah. Right. It's... It's pretty crazy too because you said you never really painted anything that large before. No. So what was that like? Like, was it scary? Yeah, yeah. It was challenging. That uh, challenges like I certain paints that I do. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. Challenging like that, but on a whole different scale. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely freaky when you're staring in front of a huge wall and you're like, oh man. Yeah. I don't know how I'm even gonna scale this up to be this big. Right. Um, I think we have a couple more questions left. I don't even know how long, what, we're at like 56 minutes or so. Down to keep going for a little bit? Yeah, more? please do. Cool, man. Um, any advice to a younger artist who may be, you know, starting out, getting going, and, you know, maybe someone who doesn't have um, their visual language or, like, what they're trying to communicate? Like, how do you find what you want to communicate? Like, maybe any insight into that would be awesome i feel like this is basically magic and (laughs) (laughs) and the the only way is to learn by doing the magic Mm. just do it you know get a canvas paper pen uh paint brushes watercolor music anything anything huh music music anything anything just whatever the medium is get to doing it you know and the act of creating teaches you anytime that you create like you're getting your brain to act in a certain way and then whenever you start to become more comfortable with the technical aspect of creating then your brain is has more freedom to look for ideas and then things are going to start you know to show up for you in a way dang you I, know yeah dude i totally second that it's kind of like the work informs the narrative yeah in a way um i've definitely found within myself like and maybe you've ran into this too where as i'm painting something i don't really even know what i'm really doing almost like <laughs> yeah. i'm just kind of like all right uh you know i guess i'll add this color here yep. and we'll just see what happens and then you end up putting four hours or something into a painting and you're like, dude, I don't even know yeah. who painted this. Yes. <laughs> I guess true. I painted that's it, true. but that's I don't true. know why. I don't really know where it came from. And in a way, I think talking about your work actually teaches you about what you're trying true. to communicate because for the longest time I was just painting stuff. And I'm like, bro, I mean, it looks cool, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what it is, you know? So you really have to dig deep and, and try to think introspectively about like, all right, you know, I have an affinity towards sharp lines and angular things that come from maybe some of my graphic design influence. And then I've got some, a lot of motion and explosive, like energetic forms that maybe yeah. come from some of my graffiti past. And then I've also got some architectural lines in there. So it's like, if I never talked about my work or tried to, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's less about trying to explain what your work is about and more of listening to your work tell you what your work is about. True. Which, I mean, I don't mean to get all meta, like... <laughs> oh, it's okay. Please do. Please do. All, all, all uh, you know, trippy and whatnot. But I don't know. It's it's a weird experience doing paintings and trying to figure them out. Yeah. You know? um, what are some subject matters or something in the near future that you're you're wanting to 
to tackle and, and maybe paint. Do you have any in mind? I, I bet you have a list of sculptures and whatnot, probably. Yeah. Well, I want to, like I was telling you, like I want to make a, like a scene, you mm. know, like a few sculptures standing in the entrance of a temple or something like that and put it all in, you know, put the sculptures with the, with the poor somehow, you know, and also add the background at a scene, you know, put them in a place, mm. you know, create a scene because also, you know, when I look at these paintings, it, it gives me the feeling as like that they're like, I've seen them or like I would see them in a dream, you know, and even more in like a fever dream. You ever had those? A fever dream. I think that's what they're called. Like you're when you're you have like a fever, or something like something like that. You know, because mm. I I kind of have those often really? without without fevers. It's just a, like a nightmare or something. But it, they're just so intense. And seeing these sculptures, it feels like it's something that I would see if I turn a corner and then it's dark in that corner and then mm. I keep going to that corner and then there's this sculpture which is covered in paint and is dripping. And it's doing all these things. <laughs> doing all these things. Yeah. <laughs> just being creepy over there be, in the corner. Be, yeah, just hiding in the corner. That's what I... So I want to put a place on those. You know, I want to put them in a place. And I know that as uh, the next one I do is going to give me an idea for the next one. And mm. so on and so on. And that's just how it's going to keep going, I think. That's awesome, man. It... It's pretty wild to hear you talk about when you said, um, you know, give them a place and give them like they're standing in front of like some marble structure. Yeah, yeah. And when you said that, the first thing I thought of was like, dude, your pores, when you, when you do all the different layerings of colors and whatnot, that still does look like marble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like marble, when you look at it up close, like, I mean, this is kind of a cruddy example, but yeah. this you know, faux marble I have in my cheap apartment. <laughs> it, it's, it has almost a poor like structure to True. it uh, in the visual nature of it. So in a way it's like, you're thinking of your, your sculptural things as like, you know, instead of it just being white marble, what yeah. if it's like multicolored, multicolored neon, you know, trippy marble or something like that. Yeah. And some of them I use uh neon paint actually. And under black light, it comes it, it comes alive and uh, uh, yeah i'm gonna put some of that on the future paintings too that's tight dude dang that's what i'm trying to do i don't know what else is going to come up you know as i think of those definitely make full body sculptures for sure i feel like well th this style i got really serious with it the past year and it's been like almost a year in the works hmm. so i've tried to transition from just doing the face to like half a body and now three-fourths of the body so the next one is going to be a full body and then it's going to be a full scene with multiple full Dang. bodies you know what i'm saying yeah that's how i'm trying to that's cool that you're trying to see like the next phases that yeah. you're moving towards and yeah. you kind of know ahead of time so the previous works that you did like if you scroll deep yes deep to the back of your instagram they're they're almost more bringing it back to what you said more scenic like you've been practicing these scenic things and yeah. these like producing kind of a a faux realism type of background i yeah. guess so that being said how did you transition from that stuff to these sculpture things like 
did you just paint a sculpture one for fun one time and be like, oh, let me try this out. And then you were like, yo, this is the direction I want to continue. How did that happen? Um, I feel like sculptures and stuff like that, I because you can see like the technical parts of, of painting, they I've seen them as something that I should do. You know, I like how they look and I would like to create, uh, you know, an effect where it looks 3D. And I know that it would take that technical precision to create the shading and all that. So it's always been in, you know, in my on my list. I just felt like I had to work up towards being able to do that with a brush. Mm. And in those landscapes and just like, you know, doing certain shapes and all that, that was like practice with the brush. And then, you know, once I got, I feel like I got the, the landscape paintings down, you know, to where I could do them, the, the grading in the background or whatever. I started doing like geometric forms in the foreground. And then I'm like, okay, oh, I'm, I'm practicing doing line work. I'm practicing doing shading here. I'm practicing doing shapes, you know, creating 3D things. So I feel like it's all been practice, you know. Hmm. That's awesome, man. It's pretty crazy seeing all the different stuff you've done over the years, man. It's also cool. I mean, not to give indie a bad rap, but <laughs> in Indianapolis, like, I mean, you've got your classic landscape painters and, you know, they do amazing work and you've got your classic nature scene painters and, you know, portrait painters and whatnot. So when I saw you come on the scene doing these like freaking crazy science fiction, science. like neon colored psychedelic background things, I was like, he is up to something that I think is, is fresh and new here that you know, deserves more shine and more recognition. So that's definitely why I chose to have you on the podcast. And awesome. I think, you know, it's, it's weird sitting in the bat, I guess the driver's seat of the podcast or maybe the passenger seat, letting you drive parts of it as, you know, okay. talking from your experience yeah. and whatnot. So it's been super, super dope, man. And I look forward to seeing what you do in the coming years. Um, yeah, man. What, anything else you want to, you want to chat about or, or discuss um. at all? Not to put you in the hot seat, but I just put you well, in the hot seat. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, what you have planned with your paintings. If you're hmm. going to take them to it in a different way, you know, like with your with your space, like they, they were showing me. Hmm. Like, what do you have sure, in store? Yeah. yeah, so I've been, as we talked before the podcast a bit about... I kind of struggle painting my canvases in my apartment, you know, with my floor. You okay. know, I got a, a rug or a floor that I can't really get paint on because then, you know, you lose the security deposit. And, yeah. You know, I got to be know. really careful here painting in my, my space. And since there's other tenants that live nearby, I can't just go gung-ho with a bunch of spray paint because my neighbors are going to be banging on my door like, hey, dude, uh, we can't breathe up here, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been trying to find a way to be able to take my work and do them. I, I felt pretty creatively contained in the mm -hmm. apartment and I want to find a way to make pieces that are jumping off the canvas okay. a little bit and they're not limited to doing something really clean because with my history in graffiti, graffiti takes you to a lot of places. It, it kind of opens a veil to society that, um, you know, when you go through downtown or you live your regular life, you know, you live within very clean yeah. white walls, you know, you drive a car that, you know, looks shiny, 
the roads always other than potholes yeah. are, are pretty standard so when you paint graffiti and you take yourself to like some dirty bridge somewhere or you know you go in some abandoned building or something it's bringing you to like this weird i'll never forget the first time i painted graffiti or no i was just exploring like it this was before i even painted graffiti there's like all this abandoned stuff in indianapolis like before the super bowl and um my friend and i jamie and my other friend whose name is nick so there's two nicks which is a little confusing but we went to this um this factory on the east side of indianapolis and there's like this crazy way that you get you have to like walk up a tube for like a quarter mile to a the tube yeah yeah it's like you walk up this big red tube thing that i mean it's big enough you could like if you could fit a toyota prius in there okay. not that you would want to drive a prius up a tube <laughs> but a prius would fit in it like you could if stand, you want it to yeah yeah you could stand in there so we walked to the top because there's this huge building that's in the middle of the the property and so we walked all the way up the tube got on top of this rooftop of this building and like i think it was maybe a beautiful summer day or something and like we're standing on top of this building and like you know you're seeing the interstate from kind of far away and you're also seeing just like i don't know like a soccer mom like taking her kid to a soccer game or something and like she has no idea that you're standing up there like you know yeah. watching down on her car that looks like an ant is driving it because it's so small and like it just puts you in a crazy headspace yeah. you know like so I feel like my canvases for a period of time, yeah, it's cool that they're they're crisp and they're okay. like clean, but there's a there's not that raw side to it. I feel okay. like that kind of needs to be in there because that's a part of who I am. Right. You know, I'm not. I enjoy those experiences and I pull a lot of inspiration from those. So I've struggled for the last year trying to find a way to bring forth some of that like intensity and that mm. like outside way of thinking. Okay. Um, so how to share that with other people is something that I've definitely been toying with. You know, I've got a couple ideas, um, but I, I want to be able to show my work to an audience or something and provide an experience with that, you know, to go along with the poster discussion yeah. we had before. Like, yeah, who wants to just buy a painting that's, you know, eh, it's a right. painting, you know, you want to buy a painting because you have a connection to it. You have a shared experience with it to your point whether it be religious or, or, or whatnot, there's a sense of like familiarity to it. And there's also in an added value to the experience that isn't what you would expect. So trying to bottle that up in a way that communicates well without me needing to sit here for 15 minutes and explain, Oh, yeah. so here's what I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> trying to get that. Means. Yeah. Trying to get that concise to where that can be shared with other people yeah. is like really, really tough, but I guess those are things that I'm kind of toying around with. Um, but yeah, man. <laughs> Any... I can't wait to see why you can create without this limitation of, you know, not being able to get paint on the walls. Thanks, man. Yeah. Was, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of cool looking back to see how the space can inform your work. Yeah. You know, like with your new, you said you got a two bedroom spot now that has yeah. a room that, you know, you can do big, big pours. Yes. And like, you're not limited. And you know, how, how, how long have you been in that new space? About like 10 days, 10 days, yeah. Dang, real fresh. How, yes. Have you found that it has a, an effect so far on any of the work you've done? 
Or is well, it too early? I'm yeah, I'm, it's very early still. I just um, I just did a pour a pour like the first pour ever. I did it like two nights ago, and it you know it feels way better. Well, I did two pours at the same time. One of them was big. And in the in the other place I had with the space I had, I I did do like three pours at the same time, but I was like, you know hitting the canvas against the wall and it was just like so confined that mm. you know it it was impossible for me to keep doing it like that on this new space i yeah i get i can't even do four at the same time you know and it's something that i, I think i will do it just gives me that much freedom and i can l just let them dry you know just laying on the ground mm. no, no problem like lay, laying on there and i feel like that's gonna give me a big push because I'm going to be able to do bigger stuff. Yeah, man. And, or multiple at the same time, which is something that I've I've done. Like, I've painted two paintings at the same time, which are the same the same image on both. And I've just done the same, I mean, at the, at the same time. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a trip to even... I mean, I've never really considered it before, but how much of an effect the space has yeah. on what you can do and where you want to take it. Because once you do... Once you do know, based on your limitations, how far you can go and where your limitations yeah. are, then you know where you want to go next, True, um, which is super awesome. Well, Stephen, it's been a great chat, man. It's yes. been a very good fir well, first guest podcast. Yes. Um, I enjoyed listening, and it was cool to hear some of the similarities we both, we both had, um, emphasis on like you know, crazy Catholic cathedrals that look all scary and sculptural stuff. Oh, one thing yeah. before I completely close out. Um, do you take like reference photos when you're in El Salvador of some sculptures or do you have plans to like actually gather like, or, or let's say, have you painted a sculpture that you've actually seen and like looked at in real life in El Salvador? No, not yet. But I do plan on, you know, doing something like that. I, I plan on getting a camera, like a good camera, and taking my own references, you know, of stuff that I've actually seen, or even sketch it mm. in person. Yeah. That'd I got awesome. all those plans, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that'll that'll even deepen the connection that oh, people for have sure. with, for and, sure. and even your own work with your own, with what you're doing, like, you'll be like, oh, I literally remember being, you know, four or five and seeing that. Yes. For the first time. Well, cool, man. I guess uh, this has been Abstract Thought number five. Um, I guess overarching theme here would be, I don't even know, dude. I don't, I don't even, I, I, I'd, I'd like to have an ending word or something, but I can't think of anything. Just, I guess, fun chat, dude. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, stay tuned for other podcasts. Um, I'm not sure who will be the next guest. I have a large list of different people, um, but the current setup with me in my kitchen with uh, squeaky chairs and... Uh, <laughs> Chairs that make fart sounds. We're going to try to avoid those in the future with coming podcasts. Um, I, I'm still learning how to do this podcast thing, so bear with me. Um, it's been a blast so far and, and good to actually talk through stuff that you, you just keep stuff floating in your mind. It's good yes. to you know let it flow out and have it bounce back through another person. So yeah. um, check out Steven's work. Where's the website or uh, Instagram or something you'd like people to go to if uh, you didn't hear earlier? Steven the Artist on Instagram. And you can find the link on nope. there for any for everything. No underscores, just Steven the artist. Just Steven the artist. Perfect. Steven with a V.
Word. And yes. uh, be on the lookout on Reddit for Steven's stuff. Yes. He'd be blowing up. Yes. <laughs> you might see me on there, hopefully. All righty. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, until next time, peace.